Bonjour mes amis, welcome to France and on this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium, we preview the French GP and bring you the five things to watch for. And what are those five things? Well, we firstly discuss why this race won't be a stinker. Then we bring you the stats preview by Sundaram. Then of course we analyze the midfield mayhem and there's going to be a ton of that. Of course, discussing the challenges of Paul Ricard and that also includes, well, let's say, just staying away because sometimes that can be a bit of a problem here at Paul Ricard. And finally, <laughs> a racetrack 101 by Akash. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into this. And once again, folks, welcome to the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium. Well, hello there, my very good friends. Welcome back. My name is Somal Rora. You might know me from the driving force on Hotstar. And joining me as always is Kunal Shah, the ex-marketing head of the Force India Formula 1 team. And Kunal, we're back at France. Sorry, that was a small <laughs> yawn. I had to do that. Uh, it's France, right? It's a circuit that's made so many people yawn over the last couple of years. But, but this one, our focus here is why this race might not be a stinker after all. Absolutely, Samuel. It is. It's my pleasure to be doing this because this is probably the most entertaining part of your weekend, <laughs> our dear listeners. It's very, very high chance that our podcast is probably going to be more exciting. But, but I, I say this, you know, I think qualifying is definitely going to be fun. It is still going to be the session to, you know, probably track this weekend after this episode, I would say. But come the race. I think it's, it's, I have mixed feelings, but okay, we're going to do it this way, right? So Somil and I will tell you why this Grand Prix might not be a stinker. Mm -hmm. But Somil, maybe first we should dive into why exactly it might actually just still be a stinker, despite everyone's best attempts. We'll tell that in a second, but first... I have to inform you about our lovely partnership that we have gone on with Manscaped. And yes, if you're listening to this episode or watching this outside of India, you can see on your screen about everything that we do with Manscaped. You can use the code TRIMINSIDE at checkout to get 20% off plus free shipping on their products everywhere, sadly, apart from India. But, but they'll be getting there. So check out the link in the description below and make sure you use that code for their products. And you don't need me to tell you how good Manscaped's products are. But now let's get to Paul Ricard. And now let's get to why it might be a stinker. So first things first, Paul Ricard has just uh, can we call it a parking lot? No, I think I think the most colorful parking lot in the world, right? But but it's not the track limits that are the major problem right here. It's it has far more bigger problems in terms of creating good racing, seemingly. Yes, and you know I'm just remembered of those red and blue designs that you know everyone loves to share pictures of, knowing, yeah. hey, which way does the circuit actually turn? You know that's the <laughs> typical question. But those red and blue designs actually might just or will act will just give us our manscaped lawnmower moment of the the race. And yeah. I'm pretty sure you know track limits always going to be there. But I'm and I, I I have to say this, you know, those red and blue abrasive uh, areas, the runoff areas, they are actually replacements for gravel traps, yeah. and they are highly abrasive. So if a driver actually goes on there, you know, lawn mowing that part of the circuit then it is going to penalize the drivers in terms of heavier tire wear. So just putting it out there could just be the lawnmower moment that we see. But yes, Samuel, Paul Ricard, you know, I, I'll, I'll just put it this way. France is the home of Grand Prix racing. 
it is home to one of the most advanced circuits in the world of motorsport which is Paul Ricard right it's got a balance of you know low medium high speed corners it's got that ultra long straight it's pretty flat right but that's exactly what the problem is it's too <laughs> perfect a circuit you know it's got it's got 240 odd uh, you know uh, different uh, combinations of circuits that you could use out of it 64 of them actually have sprinklers in case you want to do a wet weather test or a wet weather race and remember bernie eccleston and his you know sprinkler ideas and uh, it comes as no surprise that the ecclestones i think still own paul ricard they had put it up for sale last year yeah. but i think they still own own paul ricard so lots of things which hint at paul ricard being a brilliant testing circuit in in fact it had the name high speed testing yeah. track and they dropped it because they thought hey now we are hosting a race so might as well just change it to circuit paul ricard exactly and and speaking of those sprinklers i uh, i written an article when i was 13 literally about explaining why the sprinklers could be a good idea for formula 1 uh, <laughs> you make weird mistakes as a kid whatever but, but the circuit i think it's just this sort of weird combination in the grand prix layout where the third sector canal i know we're getting a bit too technical now but the third sector genuinely cannot let you go past i mean especially the final few corners leading on to the front stretch which could potentially be a genuine overtaking opportunity it's just a flow of very slow corners where cars cannot follow each other especially formula 1 cars that is and then you come up to turn number 1 which isn't really a corner per se it's not a hard breaking zone it's just a flat kink so there's two major overtaking spots gone and and by the way uh, there's an interesting stat coming up from sundaram later on about the overtakes at paul ricard that will fascinate you but on the whole it's not overtaking that's the problem it's just lack of context in the action i would say and and this time there's a reason why it may not be a stinker because context is a plenty here this weekend <laughs> it is and you know just adding to the circuit characteristics now a good lap is basically being in the flow maintaining a higher average speed and we know how difficult it is to follow in these cars and that's probably what gets to them right but that said somil i think we have enough and more reasons to actually say why it may not be a stinker but i know that there is sundaram's stat preview that's coming up before that oh yes let's check this out right away so here goes stats preview coming up with sundaram Thanks a lot Samuel it's time for yet another stats preview this time is going to be the French Grand Prix uh, that's going to be held at Circuit Paul Ricard later this weekend at the moment is the Circuit Paul Ricard and French Grand Prix it doesn't really evoke a lot of excitement you think it's going to be a drab it's going to be a dull race once again but the fun fact is that uh, the French Grand Prix held in 2018 and 2019 saw more overtakes than the races at the Aston Marina at Russia and even Monaco in those two years So yes we can expect quite a few overtakes and on track battles uh, and also the track has been resurfaced and reprofiled extensively for that very reason uh, so yes fingers crossed we we are going to be looking forward to a very exciting uh, french grand prix uh, this sunday but if there's any one team that aces the french grand prix test it has to be mercedes they've parted they've participated in three french grand prix until now the first one being in 1954 and the other two being in 2018 and in 2019 now they have led all the official practice sessions over here they have qualified 1 2 uh, in all those races which basically means they've taken pole uh, every time they've won every single race 
and they have led all the laps except one and that one lap goes to Kimi Raikkonen who temporarily led the race uh, in 2018 when Lewis Hamilton had to pit but yes Mercedes have a near 100% record at Paul Ricard and I don't really have to go into my database or I don't have to search for these stats online circuit Paul Ricard is definitely Mercedes's most dominant circuit and it's very important for them as well this weekend because they need a lot of points after their last two races they currently have a 26 points uh, gap to Red Bull in the Constructors' Championship, and they've never had this big a points deficit in a championship-winning year. So yes, it's going to be a very important race for them uh, on Sunday. Talking about Red Bull, they have never won the French Grand Prix ever, and one of the reasons contributing to that is because they were still a very new team in the mid-2000s when the French Grand Prix was held more consistently. Uh, but Max Verstappen does have a podium here, uh, in the last two races. But yes, uh, he and Lewis Hamilton are going to be those two people where uh, who everyone's going to keep an eye on because they need to bounce back and they need to bounce back big. Uh, drivers' Championship on the line. So yes, definitely keep an eye on those two drivers. Uh, we also have to talk about uh, Red Bull's second driver, Sergio Perez, last time's race winner. This is going to be his 200th qualifying session in Formula 1. And if he doesn't take pole, he's going to be the first driver to participate in 200 qualify sessions, qualifying sessions and never take pole. Interesting, that one. But how is his record at Circuit Paul Ricard? Well, not so great. He's never, he's never been in Q3 and he's never scored points. But I think all those stats are going to reset once again this weekend. We also have to talk about Sebastian Vettel. Now, I remember speaking about him having a certain streak or a certain pattern in Monaco and Azerbaijan. If you've not seen those uh, previous uh, preview videos, he did have certain streaks and patterns back then. And he did prove me wrong and he did maintain those streaks. And once again, this is one of his favorite tracks. He's never finished outside the top five on Sunday. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything beyond that. Uh, we also have to talk about the French drivers at the French Grand Prix because we've had so many of them uh, over the years. So they have a very good record, I would say. They have 15 podiums in the 16 races held here so far, which is great. But they also have, but we've also seen a French driver retire from 14 of the 16 races held over here, which is not so great. So I know your, your focus shifts towards Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon and where they're going to finish on Sunday. But if something happens to them, I didn't jinx them. We're going to finish the stats preview with a very lesser known stat. If you hear about the stat from anywhere, it's probably going to be from here. The record for the most consecutive podiums at any one circuit belongs to Alan Prost, who took eight consecutive podiums at Circuit Paul Ricard between 1982 and 1990. That record was leveled by Lewis Hamilton at Silverstone last year at the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. Uh, that means eight podiums on the trot at one circuit, and that could be broken next month uh, when we have the British Grand Prix. So that was the stats preview from the French Grand Prix. I'll see you guys for the Stadium Grand Prix next time. Well then, that was quite fun, wasn't it? And the big question that you saw on your screen remains the relevant one. Is the race going to be a stinker yet again? And, and, and judging from those stats, Kunal, I don't think it is going to, because when Sundaram brings in those sort of stats in to give an idea of what things are going to be like, kind of changes your perspective. And the one that I love the most, the one that can really make a big impact on this weekend, is that Sergio Perez, if he doesn't get pole, could become the first person who has qualified in 200 races, but has not qualified at the very top. Do you reckon that'll change? Because the pressure now certainly must be off him. 
it, you know, it's it, the pressure certainly off him, but he's still waiting on a contract for 2022. Yeah. <laughs> but he couldn't have actually done more given what he's done in 2021 already. And uh, you know, I know I haven't I haven't ratified this stat with Sundaram just yet, but maybe Checo Perez could be the first Red Bull racing driver in the hybrid turbo era to actually score a back-to-back race win if he ends up winning this weekend. I haven't checked it. It's just come at the top of my head, but you never know. Actually, to come to think of it, yeah, I can't remember when they've taken a double win, but it's going to be crazy. But there's going to be one big Lewis Hamilton standing right in their way for Red Bull Racing this time out. But when we look at everything, right, it's not... Red Bull, who's under pressure now, it's, un- it's Lewis Hamilton, right? Two consecutive weekends where, firstly, Mercedes made an error. Then Lewis Hamilton ended up making that sort of error at Baku, flicking the switch, sadly, in the wrong way. So, uh, we've, we've built it up, Kunal. We've built it up so many times by saying that <laughs> Hamilton is a seven-time world champion. We know he'll be bouncing back. We know he knows exactly what to do. But now it's the time to go out there and prove it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Samuel, one of the things Mercedes has said all along is that Baku and Monaco were actually outliers for the W12 in terms of performance, right? And it's strange they say outliers because in Monaco, Botas was very much in the fight till he had that super long pit stop. In Baku, Lewis Hamilton was leading the race, you know, so... I can only imagine how they must be, how relieved they must be feeling that they are actually come to circuits they cannot call as outliers. And, you know, Toto Wolf has said this is a traditional racing circuit and we are glad to sort of come back to race at it, which, which is pretty good. And, you know, uh, will, be, will be one of the things I'm actually interested in seeing is in both the previous races in, in Monaco and in Baku, just one Mercedes driver could actually unlock the, the potential of the W12. In Monaco, it was Botas and Hamilton struggled. Yep. In Baku, it was the reverse, right? So can both the drivers actually turn on their cars in the right way that they need to at the French Grand Prix? And remember, they need to do that even more so because of the deficit they now have even in the Constructors' Championships. And, you know, we started the segment saying Checo Perez is firing on all cylinders. And if he continues to do so, it's it's going to be, you know, an epic battle for both the title uh, challenges. Seems to be a hard, hard nut to crack this W12. Doesn't, doesn't quite seem to be turned on by either one. Oh, wait, that did not sound very nice. But it doesn't quite seem to be uh, taken to that competitive level by both drivers at the same time. But that could be a problem strategy-wise this time out, Canal, because at Paul Ricard, where, let's just say, overtaking opportunities are a bit tricky, strategy comes up into as a major factor and, and seemingly that mercedes is having issues right that mercedes is having issues with getting the tires to the right temperature getting them warmed up very very quickly but at a circuit that i think mostly is going to be a one stop uh, they should be at somewhat of an advantage you know considering their historical uh, prowess at paul ricard especially how good they tend to be at those long stints oh yeah i mean i think lewis hamilton has led every single lap at paul ricard uh, barring one, maybe. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, so here, here's one of one of the many reasons why the race might not anyway be a stinker. In the last two races, Mercedes has been overcut by their rivals. 
drivers as slow as Aston Martin as well, right? Could it be that Mercedes gets overcut even, uh, you know, in this race? That's that's going to be a thing. We've seen teams uh, teams make pit stop errors, strategy, you know, choices which are questionable, uh, especially the title, uh, you know, the teams in the title battle. So I'm excited to see if Mercedes actually figure something out and don't get overcut this time again because, you know, the the formula could well be, uh, and again, yeah, I'm, I'm preempting it, that it's okay if Lewis leads the race, sit behind him, let him be the first one to pit. When he pits, put in the fast laps and overcut him. That could very well end up becoming, you know, Red Bull Racing and Max Verstappen's strategy for all we know. Uh, I mean, that's exactly what they've been doing for the last couple of rounds. And it's a very interesting proposition to think, right? That a Red Bull, I mean, not just that they'll beat Mercedes, but Mercedes could be undercut by others. It has happened before. But this, I think, is very well going to be an outlier. So that is going to be a very intriguing topic, as will be the midfield. So let's get into this. What about the midfield? What about the madness right there? I think it's Ferrari Ferrari versus McLaren. I, I don't think it can get more nostalgic than that. We saw how, you know, Ferrari pulled away after the last race and yeah. You know, guys, just before we sat in to record, Somil was like, this is a key Ricardo's career. And it actually is because yeah. it's a triple header. Guys, remember, he's asked for a triple header. He said he needs a triple header to sort himself out. So mm. I am, I'm sure there's not a single one of our listeners who's written off Daniel Ricardo. So I, I'm expecting him to come back, you know, full swing all guns and all horses blazing, literally speaking, in that McLaren Mercedes of his. So that's there. You know, Esteban Ocon, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be having more energy. Home Grand Prix, three-year contract, very, very good, pleasant surprise for him and for all the French fans. Again, you know, very, very hard to dislike Esteban, unless you're Dutch, maybe, you know. <laughs> but uh, I expect, uh, you know, the, the midfield battle to be as good. You know, Aston Martin, an interesting stat that the team, uh, you know, uh, revealed. 99 year go- years ago at the French Grand Prix, Sommel, they made their Grand Prix racing debut. Mm-hmm. So... They, and they are coming at the back of a fantastic momentum that they built, you know, in Monaco and in Baku. So Sebastian Vettel could also be on a roll. The positivity seems to be on their side with Aston Martin all the way through coming in. But yeah, one wonders what will happen at the top of that midfield. Because now, this seems to be a bona fide McLaren circuit. High speed, long straights, exactly what the car favours. Ferrari tends to like circuits that are let's say more slow and when you can turn the car in better that's where they have the edge but they're working hard on the 2022 engine that's going to be freezed after 2025 doesn't matter right now but ferrari are working to try and erase that deficit on the straights that is going to be a fun part but if i had to ask a name kunal that is going to be a bit tricky so who goes right now uh, who wins this midfield battle um I think it's going to be the McLaren that's going to win this midfield battle. Uh, and I really hope it's it's a great fight between all of them. So I, after a point, I don't really care who wins as long as we get a phenomenal fight. And you know the kind of fights we've been having off late? Somil, the television director can't really focus on all the fights. <laughs> so it's only you know two or three days later on social media, we realize, oh, by the way, this driver actually had a great opening lap. Yeah. Ah, this driver had a fantastic restart and so on. And 
there's a good chance that we may not have a safety car or a safety car restart at Paul Ricard, just given how the circuit uh, is, is uh, you know, built so well. I mean, what are you going to do to get a safety car out? I mean, you can slide off to the left. There's a parking lot there. You can slide out straight. There's a parking lot there to the right. Everywhere you go, there is ample of space. <laughs> but not enough space for Romain Grosjean to come and test his car, sadly. That's going to happen later on. But on I that, was so looking forward to that, Samuel. I'm sure everyone was. Same, same. That that was going to be something so, so interesting. But that aside, right, that's something that we can look forward to later in the season. They've promised that. But now, for one question only. The challenges of Paul Ricard, not including staying awake, this is going to be a bit tricky, Kunal. Now, for the teams and drivers, an interesting thing that's happened is that they've resurfaced the circuit. uh, And this isn't a bid to make the racing more interesting. But when the surface gets grippier, and when you add that little bit of camber on there here and there at certain corners, I don't know, it just seems to make it easier for the drivers, right? They're less likely to make mistakes. So (laughs) that means boring racing, which was not the problem at all this i think they've just faced the wrong way around in this case i mean you know they're trying their best to make it an entertaining entertaining race and and why not but we might actually get an entertaining race sommel because the fia actually has you know put in a directive a technical directive Uh that's clarifying uh the usage and the, the the new usage parameters for the pirelli tires and this was of course after the blowouts that we had in baku and the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, in, th- in, uh, in Thursday's session with Pirelli, actually all drivers uh, reportedly boycotted their meeting with, with Pirelli. <laughs> so that's, that's good. And then, you know, Lewis Hamilton, of course, turned around and said, Pirelli are not to blame for the, you know, for the failures in Baku. And uh, again, we don't know the truth yet, but I'm going to cite the Spanish Grand Prix as an example. And this was something Lewis Hamilton pointed out back then, Sommel. He said that we all had our tire blankets on, but the Red Bull cars didn't have them. And we need Mm. to be consistent in the application of that. And that is exactly one of the four things that the FIA has clarified in their technical directive. So... If your tire blankets are off, you need to leave this. Uh, leave, you you need to be on the track within thirty seconds, and if the delay is long, you need to nation right. So I wonder if this is going to in any way swing form factor between the two title battling teams and of course the drivers. Interesting things, though. It makes you wonder, and and this I, I totally miss this technical directive, and and thank you for bringing it up, Kunal. I almost forgot about it for one second, but. Over the course of the season, these factors could be the major ones that decide all that stuff. But now, before we go, a very interesting segment is going to come up. It's time for Racetrack 101, but this time with a little bit of a twist. Last time what you saw was a more regular version, but this time our colleague Akash, who's the recent... Who's the most recent member to join Pitch the Podium? He's come up with a little bit of spice here in this segment, so I'm sure you're going to have a good time... Watching and listening to this, depending on where you're viewing or, or consuming this sort of content. So, without any further ado, here goes, here's Racetrack 101 by Akash. Hello everyone, and welcome to Racetrack 101. My name is Akash, and today we'll be looking at the Paul Ricard circuit. The Paul Ricard circuit was built in 1969 at La Castel, near Marseille. It was built by none other than Paul Ricard himself. Now, I believe the story went something like this. Paul Ricard was getting drunk on pasties with his friends at the meadows of Marseille when an idea hit him. Ah bro, I so want to create a highway, I'm obsessed with it. 
To which his friend said, Nah, my man, build a racetrack and challenge yourself, man. <laughs> Moving on. And voila, the Paul Ricard circuit was born in all its glory. Now, there are a few gaps in its career as a Formula 1 circuit. It hosted from 1971 to 1983. Then it hosted from 1985 to 1990. Finally, it became a part of the modern Formula 1 calendar from 2018 onwards. Talk about a broken relationship. Fun fact, when the track opened in 1970, it was the safest racetrack at the time. Now for some interesting events at the Paul Ricard circuit. Previously, the track was a little different. It had a long ass main straight that really put a lot of pressure on the engine. In the French Grand Prix of 1985, the Renault engine of Senna's Lotus blew up causing a crash. Nigella Mansell also suffered a crash in the same weekend when he suffered a puncture at over 200 miles per hour. Ask Max Verstappen, he knows how it feels. So, after many customer complaints in 2003, the Montreal chicane was introduced in the Mistral Strait. Like that makes the race less sleepy. The first race of the modern era was held on 2018 and was won by, wait for it, like it was a tough guess, Lewis Hamilton. P.S. The Frenchy boy Alain Prost has won the race a record three times and if God has a boring race planned ahead of us, Lewis can match that record as he has won it two times. The track is 5.842 kilometers long with 15 turns to try and make things interesting. So guys, that's it from us for the Paul Ricard circuit. See you guys at the doubleheader at Austria. Thank you so much. Fun stuff, isn't it? <laughs> I love some of the humor that we got out there for the Racetrack 101 segment. Always, always a pleasure to listen to Akash and see his work. You can check out his articles down in the description below. He's written some really amazing stuff along with Sundaram's work as well on the stats review, along with Nityanand's work on the data and the graphs. More good stuff coming there on the Pitch the Podium website. Check that out down below. But Kunal, now for all our listeners and viewers who are taking part in the Pitch the Podium Grand Prix prediction competition, your predictions for Paul Ricard. And uh, this does not include falling asleep on the 25th minute, but hey, whatever. <laughs> okay, uh, I think Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes will bounce back. They need oh. to. They need to keep themselves in the fight. They don't need to lose more ground. And personally, if they bounce back, the title battle just remains that much tighter. And that's what I would love to see, a mm. battle out and out. How about you? I think I'm going to go for the same. I think this is more of a Mercedes track. They won't be lapped by anyone. And even if they do, I think their long run pace is going to be just about fine. But it's Max Verstappen. You can't quite tell what mood he's in some days. And right now, he seems to be in the mood of winning a championship. So all the way through, I don't think this is going to be a stinker. I think Paul Ricard, considering all that's happening, is going to be quite a fun race. But we'd love to know your takes on that. Check out the comments below. And write to us whatever you feel. And it's been so good to see all your comments coming in. Amazing. It's really heartwarming stuff. So please keep on sending them in. And thank you so much for your support. And we shall see you. When shall we see you? We shall see you on Sunday evening. That is. Or Monday morning if you're uh, checking out for the audio episode. And that one is going to be super special as well. Because there's going to be so much to talk about. Hopefully from the Paul Ricard GP. So <laughs> see you then folks. Have a good weekend. And don't sleep. And we'll see you right at the end of it. Bye-bye. Thanks, Solomon.